From the Political Science Department at UW-Madison, I'm Adam Wigger. I'm Mia Wagner. And I'm Michael Mikowski. In this podcast series, we will speak with UW-Madison faculty members and other experts to hear their thoughts on the COVID-19 pandemic, as well as the political and global changes that the situation has warranted. This is 1050 Bascom, COVID-19. Today on 1050 Bascom, we are excited to interview an alumni of the political science department, Mindy Zisman, president of Zisman Media Incorporated in Chicago. As a writer, editor, and content creator, Mindy works with businesses to communicate with the public and with each other. All right, so we'd like to ask a few questions about your professional narrative. Um, so as an alumni of the political science department here at Madison, uh, what skills do you think that you got from the political science department and how did they shape your career path? That's a great question. So I, um, as I mentioned before, I was a editor at um, the Badger Herald and um, I'm kind of like a news junkie. And, um, and, I, and I think that the political science department supported that in a way that, um, that it helped me really learn how to research something and to work with statistics, uh, to work with international information. Um, I did study abroad at my time at UW also, and um, and so I was able to kind of like merge that with my journalism interests and my, you know, interest in, um, you know, kind of getting down to the heart of, a, of any kind of a matter. And so much of my current work um, in writing is synthesizing information that I've even that I've either researched and or done uh, interviews on. Um, I would say really, you know, obviously I'm a writer, but but so, so much of my work comes from taking what people say and having to analyze it and um, and kind of go through it and regurgitate it in a way that a reader could understand it better. And I think that uh, that certainly all of my work at the University of Wisconsin um, did that for me, certainly my political science courses. Um, and it's interesting because I'm kind of in a different quote unquote field you would say, um, you know, I'm not in politics per se, um, but more more in the journalism writing area. But uh, but all my political science classes really helped um, hone that skill of mine. Yeah. So you just mentioned kind of the the industry and your current job. Can you tell us a little bit about your uh, your company's Zisman Media? Like, what does it do? What drew you to creating your own company to working in this kind of industry? Sure. So I do content marketing, which um, really was not even a phrase until the last couple of years. It's more taken off. When I started doing it about 16 years ago, I had to kind of convince companies that they needed content, uh, which probably sounds so funny now because everybody is uh, everyone's doing content no matter who they are. Um, but I my first job out of college was working at a trade magazine publishing company. They had 150 magazine names. Um, any any magazines from like Hotels Magazine, which was for hotel proprietors, um, to the two magazines that hired me. Um, and one was for architects and one was for engineers. Uh, none of us were architects or engineers. We were all writers. And we just kind of learned the lingo. We learned the industry. We learned the players. And, um, and we learned them so we could write about them. So that was my first job. I worked there for a few years. And we were paying freelancers to write articles for us. And I was editing them. 
And I would look at these articles and I would say, wait a minute, I could I could have written that if they didn't write it and it would have been published here. And I thought, why am I not doing this for myself? Why am I, you know, doing this behind a desk that I have to be sitting at and not sitting at home? And I already had um, two little kids at home and wanted to spend more time with them. So I basically kind of took the big jump and went off on my own. Um, I went off with one client who was actually on the editorial board of the two magazines that I worked at. Um, he was an engineer, an owner of an engineering firm here in, in Chicago where I live. And um, he's still my client to this day. I've been working with them for 16 years. And um, I slowly really just started out in that architecture industry construction um, field. And um, I've slowly grown to, you know, take on other um, industries, other disciplines, other markets. I have some healthcare clients now. I work with um, some magazines that are read by architects and engineers, um, some contractors. Um, I work in, with an insurance broker. Um, so really across industries, but, but my beginning and uh, really where I started in the freelance industry was working with architects, engineers, and contractors. Um, and I've been doing that for 16 years and, and content has literally exploded. Um, in the last five or 10 years, I would say, certainly the last five. Um, but it's nice to to kind of have have already done been doing it for so many years. Um, I occasionally hire people to work under me, pay, you know, based on my workload. Um, and I do, you know, everything from going to see clients um, and then being the the entrepreneur, I have to do everything. So the billing, the schmoozing with clients, taking them out to lunch, sending holiday gifts doing the actual work, making sure it gets done, when things need to be rewritten, when things need to be changed, fixed. Um, everything, I'm kind of wearing all the hats. Um, and like I said, sometimes I, I farm things out when I need to, but um, but otherwise I, I wear all the hats and I enjoy that. I have a lot of pride in what I do. And I think, um, you know, I talk to friends who work at companies and which is also a great thing to do. And, um, you know, they have obviously less risk than I do. Uh, but there's there's certainly a love of what I do, just doing it for myself and under my own name and um, being an entrepreneur. I, I, I enjoy that aspect of it as well. Great. Thanks for giving us um, that background. So this podcast, uh, our audience is primarily UW students um, and alumni and faculty. Uh, do you have some advice for students on how to help normalize what's happening, uh, particularly in the economy and in the workplace? So I would say um, anyone who's heard me talk has has heard me say this before, but I would say to number one, find a mentor. I think having a mentor um, is so important, first of all, in your personal life also, but certainly in your professional life. I have one. Um, I have a um a business coach that I work with as well, um, as well as, you know, mentors in the industry. Um, but but it's even more critical now than it's ever been before, um, especially in a crisis like this. And my my really advice to to students would be to either find an alum, you know, could be through the political science mentorship program, which I'm a part of this year. Um, or, you know, you know, you can ask up one of the professors, professors and Brennan, Amy, um, Gangle, who's the director of undergraduate engagement, who's working, you know, working and creating this political science mentor program. It could even be a family friend or a relative, someone that you know that's in the industry that you're interested in, um, or someone who you admire in business. Maybe you're, um, and this kind of brings me to my next point, which was also to network, but, you know, maybe you're on LinkedIn or you're on Facebook and you're, you're in some kind of business communities or you're, you know, you're looking out at the people that are working in the industries that you're interested in, the people who are the leaders there, 
it doesn't even hurt to reach out. I mean, send a, a, a LinkedIn message, throw your hat in the air and say, hey, I'm a student and, you know, I'm alum of the same institution that you are, um, you know, and I'd love to just ask you a few questions about the industry or get your advice or see if you could mentor me. Um, I think you'd be surprised. There are so many people who are interested in giving back and um, only got where they are because of, of in, you know, of mentors of theirs. Um, people are very much interested in helping helping the next generation, but it's it's so important to find a mentor. Um, and even networking, like I said before, um, you know, being on LinkedIn, not necessarily Facebook, because it's not necessarily the professional network, but but certainly LinkedIn um, is growing. I see a lot of UW students on it. A lot of UW students connect with me. Um, and, you know, I always accept those connections, even if I don't know them, of course. Uh, but once you connect to one person in your target audience, they're connected to other of their peers. So if you're posting something and they like it, then their peers will see it, um, you know, and vice versa. And um, you'll have this will hopefully connect you to other, you know, jobs or internships or just other opportunities. People post opportunities on, on LinkedIn all the time. Um, and even just to kind of lurk on LinkedIn and see what people are doing in the industry that you're interested in. What are the leaders posting? What are people talking about um, that are in that industry? So, you know, number one, find a mentor. I think it's so important. And number two, just to network, network in in your field and in the market and the industry that you're looking to jump into. So I, I don't think it's a process that you have to be in the middle of it all. I think that it's never too late to start. And I think that, um, I mean, I'll even just say about myself, like I've been on LinkedIn for years and I'm only starting to post regularly now. Um, I think you have to get kind of the guts up to do it and and, you know, kind of find your message. So I don't even think that posting is something that you have to do to be active. You can still be active just by, like I said, kind of, you know, being in there and scrolling through and liking things or commenting on people's posts, um, you know, just reading a ton. There's a ton of great um, in, information about business, about different industries on there. Um, and you really see what's going on. There are so many people that are using it kind of in the same way that, you know, you would use like, um, you know, that people would use Facebook regularly. Students might use that. They're, all the professionals are really using LinkedIn. I'm seeing doctors on there. I'm seeing, you know, CEOs, heads of corporations are on there. It's really like not below, quote unquote, anybody. Um, and certainly students don't feel bad if you're not on there already posting, et cetera. I think it takes, it takes a lot of knowledge and gumption to just get up there and post. So even just being on there and quote unquote lurking, or um, you know, getting as many contacts as you can. Uh, that's not that's not not being on there. I think that that's that's a great thing. And you know, the other thing is, um, you guys should know that I think the statistics are somewhere between twenty and forty percent of the people that you reach out to connect to will really connect back to you. So let's say someone sees, oh, you're a University of Wisconsin senior and, you know, some guy who didn't go to Wisconsin and he's like, okay, whatever. Why do I need to, you know, just because this guy likes me, why do I need to like him back? Whatever. Don't be discouraged just because, you know, some people that you tried to link in with didn't link you back. I think it's fine. The more that you're on there, the more active you are, the more you like people's posts, the more you respond to them. And just in general, a number of people will just, you know, respond to your invitation with a yes, just just out of the bat, just statistically. Um, and I think I think you can even have goals of how many people you want to connect to. Let's say, you know, one year for me, I mean, this was a bunch of years ago, but one year I said to myself, I am going to top 500 connections because that's kind of like the first 
um, the first kind of like line in the sand on LinkedIn where they have, um, once you hit 500, it just says 500 plus connections under your name. Um, otherwise it says like the number of connections you have, but even if you, even if you give yourself every month to add 20 connections or something like that, like make a goal for yourself, um, and slowly, but surely, you know, you'll get up the courage to post something or you'll get up the courage to, you know, initiate a conversation with somebody on LinkedIn. Um, I don't, I don't think you have to feel like you're behind, uh, the eight ball. There are so, it's still a relatively new medium for how long it's been around. And there are still so many, even business professionals that are trying it out for the first time. Sweet. So kind of in the same vein, I imagine students are kind of wondering what skill sets do I need to develop that aren't necessarily apparent, um, especially in like, you know, the college of letters and science here at UW, are there any things that students should be working on that might not be in the spotlight, some skills that should be developed for the modern working world? Oh, that's a good question. I think that, um, I think, I certainly think, I mean, I'm a writer, so I'm privy to, <laughs> I'm, I'm privy to that, but I certainly think um, so many people are trying out their writing skills, whether they're writers or not these days. Like I said, with just the explosion of content coming out of every industry and every business, um, and there are so many opportunities to be able to write something and have your opinion be out there that, you know, like I said, on LinkedIn certainly is one. Um, there are other places. I think there's that medium.com. There's just so many other places to be able to write. Um, so if you have something to say, that's certainly um, a way to get your name out there and a, a skill to develop. Um, otherwise, any kind of internships. And I, I mean, I learned something from every internship I did, whether it was in my industry or it wasn't. And I feel like that about my UW education as well. Um, I'm certainly not, you know, walking around with my political science books and quoting from them all the time in my job, but I, but I certainly feel like I learned so much um, just from the skills of, you know, of doing the work, learning what you need to do to get by, um, how much you need to read, like, you know, any kind of interpersonal skills are so important as well. Um, and those are going to be important for any kind of job, you know, how to interact with people, how to be on a Zoom conference call, what's appropriate in terms of interviews. Um, and there's so many resources um, to do so many of these things online. If there's a skill that you feel like you're lacking, look on Khan Academy, um, you know, Google it online. There are so many um, opportunities. There's even this masterclass website that's like looks amazing as well. I haven't bit the bullet yet, but but it's something that I'm, uh, I keep saying, should I buy it? Should I buy it? Um, but, and, and those are like, you know, professional fun skills that, you know, can turn into a profession or just that you have them in your back pocket as another skill or, you know, ability of yours. Um, so I think that that's something that you guys have that I didn't have when I graduated, that there's just a whole internet of, uh, of every world out there. I mean, even my younger kids, like they're going to learn how to do typing now because they're off and, oh, you can get a, get a free typing program online. You know how to go typer. Great. Spend a couple days doing it. You'll be good. Um, you know, there's just, there's so many opportunities out there. Yeah. It's actually funny you mentioned masterclass because I know both Mia and I have it. Um, <laughs> I've, I've loved watching my favorite author ever. David Sedaris has a whole series on there and I've loved watching his on storytelling and writing. Um, so I definitely know what you're talking about. Amazing. Do you feel like you um, gained like new skills from that as well? Or it was just more like cool to see him and watch him talk about his craft? Both. It's just, it's awesome. How It's not only informative, but it's also just fun to watch. Amazing. I mean, you see like this guy who you have built up all these ideas about in your head or, you know, yeah, he became exactly. a in your head and now you see him in real life. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. So 
kind of moving on now to navigating everything happening right now with uh, the what are some of your best practices that you have found recently with navigating communication, like with phone calls, emails, you know, video conferencing? Um, how are you navigating all this? Um, so I, I would say that I'm trying to do the exact same thing that I've done before. And that means um, I've even had to write stuff like this for some of my clients um, where they're advising their their staff and their offices to to do the same. So number one, you know, get dressed, look presentable for a meeting. Um, you know, don't have your meeting like on the kitchen table with all of your, you know, leftover food from the night before and your, you know, your dog sitting there sipping out of his water on the table. I don't know. Um, but, you know, really just just do the same that you would normally do. Get dressed up for the occasion. You know, if you've got an interview um, or you're meeting with your summer internship um, boss or something like that, make sure that you do your hair and you, you know, you're wearing a suit and tie if that's what you would have done if you came into their office. Um, you know, make sure that you're doing the same thing because I think employers are are looking for normal employees, even if you're got your background, you know, your your home is your background. Um, you know, they want people that are are, you know, really taking things seriously. Um, and like I said, I just wrote an article for a client about Zoom meetings um, and people creating, you know, businesses creating HR policies around things. And they're talking about like, you know, they're saying stay professional just because you're in your house doesn't mean you're not in a serious job interview or, you know, the one who looks serious will be kind of taken seriously. Um, you know, they're worried about even things like, um, you know, harassment and and other, you know, other kind of bullying or other issues because people are very relaxed now people are, you know, in their own space and, you know, they're wearing their pajamas or whatever it is. Uh, but I would recommend just doing the same thing that you always would do just from home. Great. I think that's some some great advice and kind of keeping a sense of normalcy as well. So the odds are pretty high that we're headed into a global recession uh, once COVID is resolved, whatever that may be. How do you expect a recession economy to impact the job market, especially regarding government jobs? So I think that's a great question. Um, I think things keep getting pushed back and back and back. You know, originally we thought this would be a few weeks on hiatus. Um, if people prepared to come home and work from home for a few weeks, then it became a month. And, you know, now, I mean, I'm here in Chicago and the, the Illinois governor just said Friday that there's, you know, he's closing school till the end of the year. Um, so everything's kind of like on hold, at least here in Illinois until the end of um, Chicago. I mean, until the end of um, June, I'm sorry. Um, and I was actually um, on a call with the Illinois uh, Director of Public Health, Dr. Azik, the other day from um, our community with the aldermen in my area, et cetera. And one of the things that she said um, was that originally they expected this to be um, to be like a crescendo into kind of like a, a mountaintop. And now she's saying it may be instead of a peak, it might actually be a plateau, which might take us even longer, you know, and further into the summer. Um, and it's that if that's the case, I think it could take longer than I think we expect for the job market to rebound. Um, but I do see, um, I obviously, you know, the most affected industries, um, you know, have been real estate and entertainment and um, um, hospitality. A lot of those places have either closed down or, you know, are, are seeing major, major issues. But most of the most of the professionals that I work with and most of the businesses I work with are still opening open and operating, um, you know, even if they're working remotely. Um, but I will tell you something. I think there's a lot of opportunity in a recession 
my business grew tremendously from the 2008 recession because I was a freelancer and um, people were not, were looking to freelance things out, to freelance projects out. And instead of keeping expensive employees in house and paying their um, their salaries and their benefits, they were looking to, even if it meant to spend a little bit more money, um, to look outside of the organization and find a freelancer to do the work for them. And so I think that there's the same opportunities in this economy, um, that people are looking for outside labor. They're looking for something either a little bit you know, more inexpensive, which could be a college graduate that could do something just as well as someone that used to be on their staff could do. Um, and I think that you guys should think of what skills you've gained already in school and in your internships and your jobs that might be attractive to businesses now. Um, there's a ton of freelance websites, which wasn't the case when I first started out doing this myself, but there are a ton of websites you can go on and join as a freelancer and, you know, talk about some of your skills and your abilities to do things. There's a ton of virtual assistants that are now being being hired, um, you know, even with social media skills. I mean, people are looking for someone who can do posting for a company, who can who can do the writing. It's it's short, you know, short clips, someone to, to do the back end posting and the work for them um, without having to keep someone in house and, and pay them, you know, a large salary and their benefits. So I think that students can look at, you know, even a recession period and say, wait a minute, what are the skills that I have here and how can I jump into this market, whether it's the whether it's the, you know, working in a, a big kind of salary job behind a desk that I thought I would. Um, and that's OK. I think I think you guys can pivot and I think you you can be creative and you can you can just kind of sell your services and your strengths and your skills instead of, you um, you know, looking, you know, kind of just changing the way that you're seeing what you thought you were going to be doing, uh, just looking at it in a little bit of a different way and, and seeing what your skill sets are. Yeah, that is awesome advice. I'm particularly intrigued by the idea of like uh, freelancing as a student, even. I definitely think that that could be a great way to get a foot in the door in the industry. However, I know a lot of people, especially students right now, are finding it hard to be motivated at home, are having a hard time staying undistracted in their home, trying to complete internships, schoolwork, or just working from home. Uh, what are some strategies that help you stay focused and kind of in the zone at home? That's a good question. So I've worked from home for 16 years, so I can't say this is new for me. It's just new that all of a sudden, all my people are now here in the same space as me when I used to have it to myself during the day. Um, but I will tell you, I'll tell you like a quick hack that, you know, I see so many entrepreneurs talking about on LinkedIn and, you know, so many business coaches are always talking about this, but to set aside specific times for specific tasks and to really stick to it. So if you make yourself a schedule the night before, and this could be, I mean, obviously in the, the world of um, all of our devices, there are so many, you don't even have to have a specific app. You could just, you know, have your calendar or, you know, your inbox with your calendar um, and, you know, everything's laid out by the hour. So if you can the night before sit down and make yourself a schedule, you know, from, from, you know, I don't know, even though, even if I want to sleep in from 10 a.m. to 11, I'm working on my English paper from 11 to 12. I'm, you know, eating my early lunch from 12 to one. I'm working out from one to two, you know, whatever it is, but like really scheduling things out somehow gets you started on your day earlier. When you wake up, you have like a mission and specific job to do. Um, it's the same reason that we don't do, right? Like the University of Wisconsin doesn't say like, okay, here are the five classes you're taking this semester and they're all online. So just take them whenever you want. 
we could do that, right? Because that's technology allows us to do that, but we don't do that. We still say, you know, it's appropriate to come into class on a certain time on a certain day and see somebody live. So the more you can recreate that scenario, the better it's going to be for you. And of course, I would totally recommend, as I said before, like schedule time out for yourself, schedule time out for lunch, for working out, whatever it is that you like to do. Don't be so like, oh my gosh, I have so much work to do. I can't do any of those things. No, on the contrary, if you plan things out and you make real time for the work, You'll also find real time for the play and for the other things that you, you know, like to do. I try to stick to a schedule like that as well. So I, I'm trying to heed that advice, especially in this time. Um, right. So this is our last question. Um, but as an alumni of the department, what advice do you have for students who have missed their spring on campus, especially seniors? Obviously, tra traditional graduation isn't happening. A lot of us didn't get to say goodbye to friends or organizations. Uh, yeah, like what advice would you leave seniors in particular with? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, I have two kids that are graduating this year. I have a, a, a high school graduate and an eighth grader, um, both graduating this year. And I feel the same, the same uh, sorrow for them for a few minutes. But um, but the truth is, in life, we are, we're all where we're meant to be. And I really believe that. I think that everything happens for a reason. And, um, and I believe that there's someone up there orchestrating everything for all of us. And so... I think if you can find comfort in the fact that this is the way it is and how you can make lemonade out of lemons, um, you know, I think that that's certainly the best route to go. There's no no sense in crying over spilled milk. It's not going to put all the milk back in the jug. Right. You have to really just um, just say, OK, what can I do with this? And, you know, how can I go with it um, and enjoy your time like the two of you stayed on campus? I think that's so nice. I'm sure when it's when it's nice weather, whenever that happens to you, <laughs> we've had some snow here in Chicago, so I'm sure you guys have too. Um, if you can get out and just, you know, walk by the lake and just enjoy your, you know, your last few days. But, um, but certainly even, even as, you know, someone working, um, you know, in like, you know, living in Chicago and did I still get back to Madison every once in a while? I still, you know, take time to, to enjoy doing alumni things and, you know, don't feel like your connection to the university is over whatsoever. There are so many opportunities to get involved. Um, first of all, wherever you move to, um, there's certainly going to be an alumni chapter, especially if it's in a big urban um, city. I've done some alumni things here in Chicago. Um, and like this, like getting invited back to the podcast is amazing. And, you know, being a political science mentor this semester, I've really been connected to, um, to the political science department and back to Madison, uh, the J school has me come and speak sometimes. So, you know, there's, there are a lot of opportunities to get back. And I mean, even success works is another great opportunity to stay connected, um, you know, wherever you land in your job. But, um, there are, there are so many great opportunities to be connected back to Madison. Don't feel like, uh, like you're leaving and that's it. Um, and I and and maybe if you kind of say, I think there's a phrase like say oh wow, but not goodbye, you know, you know, feel like you're you're just kind of leaving temporarily. You're going to come back in a different capacity um, and you're going to, you know, give back in the same way that people gave to you. Um, I think that that, you know, that's a great attitude and in, in going into uh, to kind of like your next phase of life as well. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Mindy. It has been wonderful to talk to you. We hope that we get to visit with you uh, sometime soon in the future, hopefully in person. Awesome, I look forward, that would be amazing. For more information regarding the podcast, please visit polisci.wisc.edu and search for 1050 Bascom. 
For more information on the university's policies and responses to the pandemic, please visit covid19.wisc.edu. You can find more episodes on all streaming platforms. And if you enjoyed this episode, please rate, follow, and subscribe. Thanks for listening to 1050 Bascom COVID-19. Stay safe and take care of each other.